Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on this bright, beautiful, and extremely hot Monday. 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the Joe Cunningham Show right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL or send a message through the KPL app chat. Be glad to visit with you guys. There is news to discuss as always, and I want to start with a local story uh, that I wrote about last week and was getting information on, and we've we've gotten a bit, and... I'm I'm trying to wade through this. So last week was qualifying for the October 14th election. And locally, one of the big races is the race for mayor president. So we have incumbent mayor president Josh Guillory currently running. You have um, Jan Swift. You have um, Monique Blake-Oboe, uh, all running as Republicans. Well, in the 11th hour of qualifying, a Democrat registered by the name of Priscilla Gonzalez. We'd gotten a couple of messages and really a couple of questions of who is Priscilla Gonzalez. After digging in, what we found is that she ran for mayor of Corpus Christi Texas in 2020, picking up 5.2% of the vote there, roughly 5,400 votes. Her Facebook page, which is now, which has since been changed to Priscilla Gonzalez for mayor president of Lafayette Parish. uh, Her Facebook page still has posts from her time in Corpus Christi, including one Dated December 5th, 2022. So that was just a handful of months ago, reminding voters to get out and vote in Corpus Christi and that if you need a ride, to send the page a DM, a direct message. Gonzalez is running as a Democrat has called herself a lifelong Democrat and leftist with progressive values, but caused a fair bit of consternation among folks online for posting a photo on July 25th of this year saying election season is here. Make sure you are registered to vote. And the picture going with the post are Jeff Landry signs and paraphernalia. So that has caused a lot of consternation. Somebody on her page asked her about her support of Landry. Her response was, good question. I'm not a typical Louisianian, which clearly not. I thought it was Louisianan. I'm a lifelong Democrat and leftist with progressive values, but I also look to support people instead of party politics. Jeff Landry listens to my concerns, and even though I don't agree with many of his beliefs, What is important to me is someone who listens and makes commitments to address concerns. The Latino community is being left behind. The poor are being left behind. The non-elite are being left behind. I am open to supporting the Dem or any other candidate on the ticket, but I haven't had any luck getting responses from anyone on my questions except from Jeff Landry. As a leader for Lafayette Parish, my priority and personal commitment is to listen and respond to concerns and questions. Somebody else had asked 
on her Facebook page. Um, let me see. Do you just move around from city to city running for office? Uh, she responded, thank you for your interest. Actually, this is the second time I'm running the first being for mayor in Corpus Christi, Texas, where I used to reside. I'm not sure if that qualifies as city hopping just to run for office. I moved to Lafayette a few years ago to be closer to my parents and my young nephew. The problem that I'm seeing with that response, and again, she comments on our page, on KPL 965 on Facebook, um, somebody commented, so she can't get elected in Texas, so she's trying her hand in Louisiana. She responds, uh, I moved to Lafayette over three years ago. So that raises a question because she ran for mayor of Corpus Christi in 2020. And in, 20, in December of 2022, posted on her Facebook page, if you need a ride to the polls, DM me. And she's saying in comments on social media, that she moved to Lafayette over three years ago. That raises some questions and concerns. And if you are listening to this program and you are a Democrat, you need to be aware. Actually, everybody needs to be aware of this information. If you want to be represented by a good candidate, you need to make sure that that candidate represents your values. And here you have a person proclaiming to be a leftist Democrat who is supporting Jeff Landry, which, hey, I've got no problem with it. somebody endorsing and supporting Jeff Landry. But as I've said before, People should vote for who they think represents them. And I don't think you're going to find many Democrats who believe that a Democrat who proclaims to be leftist is going to support Jeff Landry. I don't think many Democrats are going to feel represented by that. But this is a it's it's a very kind of strange uh, story here because you can go and the way Facebook is set up, you can. You can see the page's transparency. You can see name changes on the page. You can see past posts, everything like that. And you can very clearly see that only recently was the page changed to Priscilla Gonzalez, candidate for mayor, president of Lafayette Parish. Before that, it was Priscilla Gonzalez, mayor for Corpus Christi, Texas. And posts as recent as... December of 2022 still suggest that she was living there or at least had strong enough ties that if you reached out to her, she could tell you where to go to get a ride to go to the polls in Corpus Christi. And to say that you moved to Lafayette three years ago for family, but three years ago would have been the time that she was running for mayor of Corpus Christi. That presents some problems in terms of timeline. Maybe she's rounding up. Maybe it was two and a half years ago after the election and Corpus Christi was over. But that's still 
that's still pretty significant. And that is something that I, I hope local media are looking into because there are a lot of questions there. And I, I say all of this, I, don't, I rarely talk about local issues, I focus a lot on the state and on national issues, just because that's where my interests typically lie. But the most important elections that you can vote on are local elections. Those are the ones that impact you the most. And if somebody is claiming one thing, but their words and their actions say something different, that's that's something that voters need to be aware of. Voters need to be aware. Voters need to be able to recognize when there's an issue with a candidate. Now, she's apparently very active on social media and is answering these questions. And You can go to her page and ask those questions. She appears to respond to them very frequently. But those questions need to be asked. We are in the middle now, or really, I mean, we can say it's just the beginning because qualifying just happened, but all the candidates have been running for a while now. Qualifying just made it official. We're in the middle of campaign season. We're in the the middle of an election cycle in Louisiana. Most of you listening right now are avid consumers of the news and politics. You guys are more informed as voters than the average voter, more than likely. You should tell your friends to listen to this show so they can be more informed. But I digress. Most people aren't as engaged as most of you listening. But there are some of you listening who get bits and pieces of headlines and you don't get all the facts. For example, the other day, the advocate story was a Democrat jumps into the mayor-president race. There wasn't really much following that, but just doing a little bit of digging reveals that there are some questions there. A self-proclaimed leftist Democrat endorsing Jeff Landry should be a problem for most Democrats. Let's just be frank. Democrats aren't going to the polls to support Jeff Landry. Somebody who says they moved to Lafayette over three years ago, three years ago, a few years ago, whatever the claim is, because it's changed a couple times, but was running for mayor of Corpus Christi three years ago, that should raise questions. People should be concerned about that. But most importantly, you guys, regardless of what I say, regardless of what Moon Grafon says, regardless of what Dan Bongino says, regardless of what somebody on Fox News or CNN or MSNBC or anywhere else, anybody says anything, you guys need to take the time to inform yourselves. We as voters have a responsibility to vote based on facts, and we need to inform ourselves. So just note that going forward. All right, let's take a break. We will be back in just a few minutes. Your calls, your comments on the KPL app. 232-1542 is the number, the app. 
You can reach out through there. Just hit the little text message icon in the upper right corner. We'll take this break. We'll be back in just a moment here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. If you're looking for more great conservative content throughout the day, why don't you head on over to my site, redstate.com. I'm a senior editor over there, and I work with a lot of great conservatives, putting out a lot of great news and opinion each and every day. Plus, if you use my name, Joe, as the promo code, you can subscribe with a discount to our VIP section where you'll get a ton more great content that you won't find anywhere else. Check out redstate.com today. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPL app chat. Billy in Church Point reaches out. And uh, he's got a very good point. Uh, people don't catch on to all of the president's lies by now. The few that this uh, that this candidate tells uh, would go should go by unnoticed, which is sadly true. Uh, we again should be paying attention. But anyway, uh, some breaking news you need to be aware of, particularly if your commute uh, is on Johnston Street, the iconic Pete's. Pete's Restaurant and Sports Bar is, uh, it was engulfed in flames today. We have the story on kpel965.com, some pictures and video from the scene. There are no official reports of injuries or substantial damage resulting from the fire. We are keeping an eye on that. We will let you know if we have any updates on it. But you do need to be aware that this commercial fire uh, is at Pete's. It is causing problems, and uh, there may still be some police and fire on scene trying to get that under control. So you do need to be careful if you are uh, on the road on Johnston Street. Now, back to our news of the day. Uh, there's There's a story that has been gaining traction over the last 24 hours. Uh, Joe Biden, was, while he was on the beach, was asked by a reporter about the devastating fires in Maui and what's happening uh, in Lahina, and, or Lahaina. And he responded with no comment, very cold, very callously. Um, and he's getting, rightfully, a lot of crap for it. Just imagine... Just imagine if during Hurricane Katrina, George Bush, when asked by a reporter, had said no comment. They were already trash. Everything George W. Bush did during Hurricane Katrina got negative coverage. Everything was a mistake. Everything was something to attack him over. Imagine the media meltdown if George W. Bush, when asked about Hurricane Katrina, had said no comment. You know that the media would have feasted on that for days. It would have been their life-giving sustenance. More than anything else, George Bush truly doesn't care about New Orleans. Well, that's exactly how Joe Biden comes across here. I mean, the reality of the situation is there's not much that he can do as president. The emergency response teams 
are the ones on the ground, the ones who are coordinating, doing the work. But the fact that he his response is just no comment is pretty bad. We deserve better. We've been saying that for a while, but it's just getting truer and truer by the day. No comment. No comment on an absolutely devastating situation in Maui. We're going to take this break. We'll be back in just a moment. Your calls, your messages, and more news of the day here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Hey, this is Joe Cunningham, and you're listening to the podcast version of my daily radio show. Now, if you want to listen live, all you need to do is download the KPL News app to your phone. You can listen live every weekday from 3 to 4 p.m. and communicate with the show using the app's chat feature. So go over to your app store, download the KPL News app, and listen to my show every day from 3 to 4 p.m. Central Time on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. Lots of conversations still to have. If you don't want to call in, you just want to send a message through the KPL app chat, you really should download the app if you haven't already. Download the KPL News app. Sign up there. And what you can do is hit the little text message icon up in the top right corner. It looks like a little text box. You just tap that, select general message, and you can send a message to this show. And I respond to those both on and off the air. Like I said, I referenced Billy earlier, Billy and in Church Point, who sent a message earlier about the, the conversation we were having then. So plenty of things to talk about. And I want your input on it. Now, I need to talk about Fulton County, Georgia, because that is coming probably tomorrow, the indictment there. In fact, we had a strange moment earlier today where Reuters had announced that charges had been filed, which was kind of odd because the grand jury was still hearing witness testimony and the prosecutor hadn't recommended charges yet. Well, what happened is that the Fulton County Courthouse, or the, the, the DA's office, briefly posted a document listing several criminal charges against former U.S. President Donald Trump. It appeared to be related to his attempts to overturn the 2020 election, according to this Reuters report, before taking the document down without explanation. The document lists several charges, including violation of the Georgia RICO, which is Racketeer Influence and Corrupt Organizations Act, solicitation of violation of oath by a public officer, conspiracy to commit impersonating a public officer, conspiracy to commit forgery in the first degree, conspiracy to commit false statements and writings, so on and so forth. Lots of charges that will be thrown at Donald Trump if this document ends up going that way. Now, originally there were supposed to be people testifying today and tomorrow, but some of them have moved their testimony up to today. So very early tomorrow, we could see the indictments with Donald Trump having to appear in court probably Thursday uh, for his arraignment. Now, the Georgia case is a very interesting case because of the use of RICO laws. Now, RICO, again, stands for Racketeer Influence and Corrupt Organizations. 
It's the type of law that was written specifically to go after like mob bosses. After the federal government passed its RICO Act, several states followed with their own. Georgia's are probably the broadest, most expansive in the country, if not up there. Georgia has very very broad RICO uh, coverage. So when the state started adopting it, Georgia... Georgia expanded it. The federal RICO uh, identifies 27 federal offenses and eight state crimes as racketeering activity. Georgia's RICO includes many additional offenses. Fannie Willis, I think that's how you pronounce the name, F-A-N-I. It's either Fannie or Fannie. I've heard it both both ways. Fannie Willis, the Fulton County District Attorney, is expected to bring a RICO case against Donald Trump. That's what the document that was leaked today showed. She's used this before. She's she's prosecuted under the RICO Act in Georgia before, so it's not it's it's something she has experience with. The Trump campaign allegedly illegally tapped into voting machines in Coffee County, Georgia, to review them and pull data from them. The Trump team claims a local elections official gave them permission. That's the primary act here. But a lot of other things are going to be tied into this. See, the Trump team didn't. Trump himself did not tap in to those ballot, to to those uh, voting machines. Trump himself did not try to do a lot of the things that he will ultimately be accused of in the indictment that gets handed down tomorrow. But what the RICO Act does is it pulls all of these individual crimes together into a criminal organization that they will then use to try to prosecute Trump. The thing is, this is probably the most serious set of charges that will be brought against Trump. I think Mar-a-Lago is the one that will get an actual convention, a, a conviction against Trump. I'm not sure that Fulton County will get a conviction on Trump in this. Trump has some defenses that he can use, essentially throwing his legal team from back in 2020 under the bus, saying they were acting on their own. They were convincing me of this. It was them who was orchestrating this. But some of part of this is also based on bad reporting. Something else you need to know, Donald Trump, you've probably heard that Donald Trump told Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State of Georgia, find me these votes, find me these 11,000 however many votes. If you listen to the actual audio, Donald Trump never told Brad Raffensperger to find him those votes. What he said was he's trying to find the votes. Donald Trump was convinced of all of these things that happened in Georgia, that the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, that multiple investigations were unable to find, Donald Trump was convinced that it all was there. 
The question is, from a legal perspective, can Donald Trump say that he was convinced by his legal team to do it? He thought that he was doing the right thing. He thought that he was standing up to corruption. He thought he was standing up to a, to a stolen election. He very seriously thought this and that he did not take an active part in this, but his legal team was doing it. The problem for Trump isn't just the legal aspect, though, and I've mentioned this before, but I've, I've got to keep mentioning it. Trump went from having the most money in the bank for this election cycle to having some of the least. He does not have a whole lot of money. He is spending a ton of money on his legal fees right now. And as the legal situation continues to pop up, what we're seeing in the polling is that the bump, the bump that we saw in the polling for the nomination it's sort of there, but sort of not. In the national polling, Trump is kind of hovering in the same area he was. In fact, as of the end of July, he took a fairly significant dip almost all the way back down to 50% before starting to climb back up again. He's been hovering in the lower to mid 50s for the last several months. He gets a bump here and there. But the bump hasn't been as significant in the more recent bits of legal drama. And Trump's primary donations come from small dollar donors. Well, small dollar donors don't have a ton of money to throw around, and that's going to dry up eventually, especially as the uh, as the legal issues keep, you know, going forward and as the. uh as the economy continues to really kind of hover in the same place, if not get a little worse, inflation is still bad in, several, in, in various areas. So there are a lot of issues that might prevent some of your small dollar donors from being able to give to Donald Trump as much as they have been. And that's the key here. It, it's going to end up being, if Donald Trump is unable to campaign and he doesn't get the nomination, you can very clearly look at this data and say death by a thousand paper cuts. And it was very clearly the paper that the indictments were printed on that did it. But keep in mind a couple things. First of all, I referenced the national polling. The national polling is what's gotten people into trouble with calling elections in the past, you have to look at the state-level polling. And the state-level polling is varying wildly between the different states. We don't know in the states that everything is consistent. Donald Trump's 54% overall is not necessarily what you're seeing in some of these other polls. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Real clear politics, you typically go with them and you can find those good polling averages. If you look at the, let's see, the Arizona Republican presidential primary, Donald Trump has 58%. That's to be expected. Arizona is a very big Trump state. But if you, if you go down a bit, 
the Iowa Republican Presidential Caucus by the New York Times Siena polling has Trump at 44%. And DeSantis isn't down into the lower teens. He's at 20% there. So state by state is what's really important. And while Donald Trump is able to cover his legal fees, he's not always able to travel to a bunch of different events. Like he went to the Iowa State Fair. But can he afford to have rallies? Can he afford to have all of these other events in these other primary states? We just learned today Nevada is going to be the third state, not South Carolina. That also changes everybody's travel plans as they try to get on the ground in all of these different early primary states. The money is going to be an issue here. And if they bleed him dry on money with all the legal stuff, death by a thousand paper cuts. That's Donald Trump's big concern, not the legal stuff. The big concern for Trump right now is the money. 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation, we'll take this break. Wrap up the show here on The Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. You know, in case you miss any show, you can always go back and listen. They aren't lost forever once you listen to them. But I do have a request. If you guys listen to The Joe Cunningham Show and you like what you're listening to, Go to your podcast app, wherever you're listening to this from, and give the podcast a rating and a review. That helps get the podcast out in front of more eyes so that we can help the show grow. Thanks again for listening to The Joe Cunningham Show right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.